0: It's Karmitha, and welcome to Missing in the PNW. As always, I want to thank you guys all for joining me for another week discussing these missing person cases. If you're a new listener, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I encourage you to go back, check out the trailer and some of my earlier episodes. I've only been doing this since September of 2021. I also wanted to just kind of admit to something, which you guys are going to laugh at me, but I feel so bad because I've totally been neglecting the Instagram page for the podcast. Um, On my regular Facebook page, whenever I post a picture or something, it automatically gets sent to Instagram and posted on there. For some reason, I can't get the podcast Facebook page to do the same thing. So I'm constantly having to go on either website um, and upload those pictures. So I'm really, really responsive to comments and messages on Facebook. And I also encourage you to go and follow the podcast page, page on Instagram. And I promise you, I will try to keep that updated. And I'm also really responsive to messages on there as well. So feel free to shoot me a DM on either the Facebook page or the Instagram page. And I promise I will get back to you. I also just want to, again, you know, not only thank you guys, but um, let you guys know that I do have a couple of uh, ways that if you guys could to support the show, um, I have a Patreon page, I have a page called Buy Me A Coffee, um, and I also have a cash app for the uh, podcast where you guys can go ahead and donate um, just to keep everything going. And I really, if you can't even donate, like, don't even worry about it. I really would just appreciate you guys downloading the episodes, following, um, liking, and sharing. You guys subscribing helps me so much. So today we're actually going to discuss a- another a young Native woman who also went missing on the Yakima Indian Reservation. And guys, this is a case 50 years in the making. Yes, you heard that right. 50 years. So today we're going to discuss the missing person case of Janice Marie Hannigan. Now, Janice was born on March 22nd, 1955 to Martin James Hannigan Sr. and Linda Sally George Hannigan. She's been missing since December 24th, 1971 from Wapato, Washington. Guys, this past Christmas Eve was 50 years. That is crazy, and that's so sad because she went missing during what's supposed to be one of the happiest times of the year, Christmas. Her case is actually the oldest missing persons case on the Washington State Patrol's active indigenous missing persons list. Now, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you'd actually remember that back in... November, when it was Native American History Month, and actually uh, the day after Thanksgiving, which was Native American Heritage Day, I actually compiled a list of all of the missing Native or Indigenous uh, persons from both Oregon and Washington. And her name was on there as for Washington, as well as over 100 other people. So if you haven't heard that episode and listen to all of those names, go back and listen to that. And um, I have also done podcast episodes in the past about some of those other people. Last week um, when we did Daisy Mae Heath, uh, Ruthie Kindness, Alyssa M- McLemore, all of those women um, are on that list. So I would encourage you to check that out. And I will link that list in the show notes. So Wapato is actually located, like I said, on the Yakima Indian Reservation, 17 minutes south of Yakima, Washington. It is also just under a three-hour drive northeast from, anybody guess? Yep, my hometown of Portland, Oregon. Because it wouldn't be a missing in the PNW podcast episode if I didn't plug Portland alleys once. Now, part of the Charlie Project's website At the time of Janice's disappearance, she was 16 years old and a sophomore at White Swan High School. She was described as a bright and beautiful young woman who loved to cook, do beadwork, and watch football. Janice was also the oldest of seven children, and when her parents separated, Janice chose to stay with her father near Harrow, Washington, while her six siblings lived with their mother in Buena, Washington. Now, they weren't too far apart, as Herida Buena was just over a 20-minute drive, so I could imagine it was really easy for them to still hang out, spend time together, and it's not like they were separated. Also from the Charlie Project's website, it was reported that on December 21st, 1971, Janice went to the hospital for treatment of quote, numerous bruises she sustained on her head and chest, end quote. They note that the, quote, surviving medical records, end quote, does not identify which hospital it was that she went to or how or what was the cause of her injuries. I have not been able to find these surviving medical records and honestly not sure where they did either, But on December 24th, 1971, it was reported that Janice was discharged from the hospital in what was described as quote-unquote satisfactory condition. But she never arrived home and has never been seen or heard from again. So you guys should be used to me doing this by now, but I have to go on another little mini rant. I have so many questions and I'm so upset about this information because, one... She was a minor. Why did they just charge a minor and just let her get out of the hospital? Like, did she discharge on her own? Why wasn't she discharged to an adult or a parent? Like, who was supposed to take her home? Who was supposed to pick her up? I have so many questions around this. Questions I will probably never answer. But I just don't understand how a 16-year-old can get... I mean, especially suffering from those type of injuries. How... A minor can get discharged with just no, like, just by herself. They were just like, yeah, you're fine. You can leave the hospital. Bye. I I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand. (sighs) So that website also mentioned that many agencies unfortunately gave the incorrect date of when Janice went missing. And actually reported it as March 1st, 1971, which was over nine months before she actually went missing. I did cross-reference this, and I did find that, in fact, on the NamUs website, which you guys have heard me talk about NamUs before, it stands for the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, it had been reported on their website that Janice was missing on that date of March 1st, 1971, and said that she was 15 years old at the time, which would make sense since Janice's birthday is March 22nd. It also stated that Janice, quote, was upset about the breakup of her parents. She is a possible runaway, end quote. Okay. (sighs) Mini rant number two. Why would you say that? And why would you post that if it is not correct? Why have they not updated that? When there has been so much other stuff after that, this, this, um... NamUs she was entered the NamUs in like 2015 there's been stuff in the last six seven years that have come out that proves that's not when she went missing how did she go missing on March 1st when she was in the hospital on December 21st of the same year it doesn't make sense one that hurts the case in so many different ways two you are assuming That she was upset about the breakup of her parents and calling her a runaway. I have talked to you guys about that label before when it comes to Native children, Black children, Hispanic children. When you are labeled as a runaway, it significantly hinders the investigation and people looking for you. Because they think, oh, you just went off on your own. When in reality... Most of the time, these kids are endangered, and they're kidnapped, they're murdered. This is precious time that people don't understand is being wasted, and it breaks my heart that NamUs would put Like, NamUs is great. I'm not knocking anything NamUs does. They have solved so many different murders and identified so many different Jane Does and John Does because DNA has, you know, advanced so much. But you have to put correct information out there. They have, again, the date wrong of when she went missing, her age at the time she went missing, and saying that she was upset about her parents breaking up and that she ran away like that is just not cool and I really wish that they would update and look more into this stuff and it just it's very very frustrating so the Charlie Project website also noted that of course being 50 years later unfortunately both of Janice's parents are now deceased and one of her younger sisters is an active member in the search for her However, per an article I found in the Yakima Herald, that younger sister's name was Trudy. Trudy was the second youngest sibling at just eight years old at the time of Janice's disappearance. She actually passed away in December of 2018, like her parents, not knowing what exactly happened to her older sister. Now, per that same article in the Yakima Herald, Trudy's daughter, Tashina, has now picked up where her mother left off in the search for her aunt, Janice. Tashina, along with a co-administrator named Michelle, created a Facebook page called Let's Find Janice Hannigan and Bring Her Home. She created this with and for her mother, Trudy, in early 2018 related to the disappearance of Janice. And Tashina actually co-administers the site with a lady named Michelle. I did reach out to that Facebook page. um, And I'm assuming it was Michelle that answered me. The lady never said her name. But she said, I will make sure that her niece sees this message. So I haven't heard back from her niece. Um, I'm hoping to talk with her more. uh, Maybe do an interview. I just want her to get her perspective and everything that her and her mom told her about her aunt Janice and just kind of get, you know, see how I can help the family more. Trudy started explaining things to Tashina when she was a young teenager and made sure to tell her as much as she could, although she didn't have many memories of Janice because, of course, she was so young when she disappeared. Those stories were also told with caution. As the article reported that, quote, Yakima girls are told at a young age to be careful, end quote. Tashina herself was quoted saying that it was, quote, kind of a bad area, end quote, when talking about the parts of the Yakima Nation. And guys, I've also talked about that before. It's unfortunate that Native American parents, like this is their directive. They have to warn their children, especially their girls, to be careful because, All of the statistics and information I've given you guys before, you guys know that Native American women are so susceptible to um, trauma, sexual violence, domestic violence. I don't know what it is, but unfortunately, it's really, really, really sad. And it's something that they should not have to go through. Um, But I mean, I could totally see why parents would be telling their kids this. Now just like her mother Trudy and her grandparents before that, Tashina just wants to know what happened to her Aunt Janice so that the family can have some closure and Janice can finally be put to rest peacefully as she so deserves to be. Janice is described as a Native American woman being five foot tall and weighing 105 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. She has pierced ears and a mole on her chin. Today, she would be 66 years old. Now, guys, again, she discharged from the hospital and vanished out of thin air, which you guys hear me rant about that all the time. People do not just vanish off the face of the earth. People just like she was in the hospital for three days getting treatment for injuries that she suffered and even though it said that she was discharged in satisfactory condition we don't know how she really was she could have been in pain she could have been tired being in the hospital is dragging and we just don't know how she was but her being discharged and then never arriving home i think honestly has to do something with her just being in that state has something to do with her disappearance. So I know that there is someone out there who knows something, who heard something, who saw something, even if you don't think it's significant, even if it's, you know, just the tiniest little minute thing, someone knows something. And after 50 long years, this family deserves justice. This family deserves closure, and they just want to put poor Janice's soul to rest. So remember, you can leave an anonymous tip, and if you have any information at all, please, please, please contact the Yakima County Sheriff's Office at 509 574 Two five zero zero. Now, of course, I'll link all of my uh, sources in the show notes. I do want to direct you guys to though that uh, missing Indigenous um, persons list, and also check out uh, the Facebook page. Let's find Janice Hannigan and bring her home. All that's going to be linked. Um, Of course, we will be back with another episode next week, and I am so excited for next week, you guys. This is something that I've been working on for a while, and anybody in the United States, maybe not my international listeners, but everybody know in the United States that February is Black History Month, so I am proud to say that here at Missing in the PNW Podcast, Starting next week, on Wednesday, when the episode comes out on February 2nd, for the entire month of February, I will be dedicating each episode to one of our Black brothers or sisters in honor of Black History Month. So I am so excited to talk to you guys next week about that. If you have any questions, comments, theories, anything you guys want to throw at me, again, DM me on the Facebook or the Instagram podcast pages. Um, remember, have fun, but be safe. I'll talk to you guys next week.